Welcome to Said. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief and Curious Style Voyeur, Jane Dagney. Said is the conversational complement to what's been written in Designers Today magazine. Said is also an acronym that stands for Something About Interior Designers. Here, through conversations with designers and decorators, manufacturers, marketing experts, business coaches, and others in our community, we'll acknowledge, celebrate, and explore that special je ne sais quoi that designers share and yet express uniquely. Designers are creators, people handlers, and life changers, artists and visionaries, extraordinary jugglers with powers often greater than they can see. We are intrigued and inspired over and over again. Enough said. On with the show. Hi, and thanks for joining the podcast. My guest is Libby Langdon. Libby is one of the most generous designers and optimistic people I have met, a veritable cheerleader for her colleagues in the industry, and you can hear that in every word. Yes, she is a trained actress, but no, she's not acting. The first time I met Libby, I felt intimidated. It was during High Point Market. I was working at Steelyard, and Libby was quietly sitting in the designer lounge that we used to host at Universal. I think she was tending to some business on her phone. I don't quite remember, but what I do remember is that I was scared to go up to her. I thought, she's not going to want to talk to me. So I approached in the safety of a small group with my colleagues. So if we were rejected, it wouldn't feel so personal. Naturally, she greeted us with a big smile and was warm and engaging from the get-go. And it's been great ever since. Here on said, we don't introduce our guests with a prescribed bio. We find out about them through what others say about them. So for Libby, I asked Santhi Arlegata, VP of Cass Rugs, to tell me something about Libby. This is what she said. I don't have enough wonderful things to say about Libby. She is an inspiration to work with and an honor to know. From sharing late night design ideas to quick questions for a client, to sketches texted to me that she's done on the fly, Libby is always one step ahead and will do what it takes to get the job done. She personifies what passion in this industry is truly about, and she does it all with grace and elegance that is untouchable. I am delighted to call her a friend and partner and love the way she lights up a room with her sunshine and smile. And then I just had to ask Libby's mom, Marianne Ludke, to say something. Here's what she said. I'm sitting here looking at a picture I took of Libby, age seven, blowing out the candles on her birthday cake. She was laughing in the moment and excited about what was coming next. I still think of her that way, though now I'm taking pictures of her in much larger arenas than the kitchen on Hillcrest Drive. There's a wonderful constant in the photographs that I take of her these days, however. My little Libby is still laughing in the moment and excited about what's coming next. My conversation with Libby is in two parts. We first sat down to podcast in early May in Palm Springs at the Art IDS Conference. It was 7 a.m. Libby had been up since 5 working. I entered her hotel room, which looked more like an office. And that's where we jump into the interview. So where are you in the process, for example, with Fairfield Chair? Because, you know, you, you, it came out to the press. Yes. And before it came out to the press, obviously, it was already well underway. Right. So where are you now? Like, 
I'll I'll show you what I what I was doing before you walked in. Yes, I'm walking over to my computer, and you're able to see what my process is. So right now, what I'm doing is working on all of the CAD for Fairfield. So we're now in the process of going through all the pieces and saying, oh, bedside table, 30 inches, that's too high. Most nightstands are blah, blah, blah. Oh, chair, not wide enough for men to sit in. So so are these um, drawings that were generated after, you know, with your designs in mind, generated by Fairfield and you're kind of proofing the CAD? Yes, so what the process is, I start out with um, really, it's a file called, um, in my office we refer to it as stuff we can't find. The title of the actual folder is shit we can't find. Mm -hmm. And basically when we're sourcing things for a client or a client shows me an inspiration picture from House or a magazine or Pinterest and all of us in the office are scouring for a week, sometimes two weeks, to find this one piece and we can't find it, I'm going to design it. I'm going to make it. A piece that you think makes sense. A piece that I think makes sense from, yes, on every level. Yes, that makes sense. So that's where the process really starts. Mm -hmm. The germ of what, what am I looking for that I can't find. And then I do a terrible sketch yes. and switch it up, you know, make the changes of that piece that I would want where I'm like, oh, if the drawer was a little bit bigger, it would be more functional, that kind of stuff. And so I went down to Lenore, to mm-hmm. Fairfield. I took over 150 different SKUs, upholstery and case goods, knowing that they probably had some other things that they were already working on and you have to... You have to design a lot more than they're actually going to put into production. Sure. And so, um, so we sat for forty-eight hours, and we went through one hundred and fifty SKUs and developed the whole collection. And so then I worked with Danny, this awesome guy. It's an amazing operation down there. It is just incredible. They're so forward-thinking. Computers. Um, you know, the things in the factory computerized, um, working on quick ship programs, all the stuff that as a designer, it just speaks to me. And their CAD operation, their whole team down there, it's just fascinating. They have a 3D printer, you know, they pop in. To do samples? Yeah, they Mm -hmm. pop out like a little chair. It's the craziest thing I've seen. And so I've been working really closely with their um, CAD people, so they'll send me stuff and I'll say, ah, the overhang on the table isn't big enough, you know, somebody's got to be able to put a chair there. So everything comes from my kind of practical working with people and sometimes we get furniture and they go, why would somebody put a post in a dining table right there where I can't push a chair in? Sure. So I think that's fun for the Fairfield team because they're hearing me say, oh, that would probably end up being a host dining chair. A man's not gonna fit in that. We gotta make the inside width of the seat wider. So it's working with you, they're getting this inside, they're getting incredible value into what how people are looking yeah. at your clients. Yeah. What are people looking for mm-hmm. today and what do they get frustrated with? Yeah. You know? And sometimes with the client I don't always start with what you like. I start with what don't you like. Sure. You know? That's an easy place Much to more. start. 
Yeah. They can they can rattle that off in a second. Right. So a lot of times it's looking at some of the stuff the CAD people will send and I'll just say, ah, yeah, that's a problem. So, but they're just great people. So that's where I am in the process now. Mm -hmm. But I'll go to Showtime in June, which I'm really excited about. I mean, that is just, that is like just being invited to the best playground on the planet. candy store. Oh, So will you be then at at Showtime going around with Dixon, yeah, whoever, um, everybody from Fairfield. And choosing different potential covers. Yeah, and that's really fun because going back to what the October market is going to look like, mm-hmm. for me, is I'm just beyond excited because Fairfield, in what we're calling what will be the Libby Zone, will be able to have, obviously, my upholstery and case goods for Fairfield, but also my rugs from Cass, lighting from Rama, artwork from Paragon. So it is making my head swim a little bit right now because what does that look like? And I need to go to Showtime knowing this artwork goes Mm -hmm. with this rug, goes with that. So it's kind of like landing four helicopters on the same pad at once. Well, it sounds like a big design project. It's a big (laughs) design project. Yeah. It's a big design project, and it's also that moment of being able to show how it all works and it's not piecemealed it's not well yeah you know I've got to walk the walk so if retailers and buyers are coming in and saying well tell us how this whole Libby Langdon story ties together they've got to see it at that point if it's if it's not there I didn't do my job so Libby you're one of those um, licensed names designers that you have a very broad spectrum of product and um, tell me about how you choose your partners and, you know, so that there's, there feels this simpatico between them. I think I knew when I got into licensing that I knew my audience, you know. Who is I, your audience? My audience is um, the housewife at home that shops in her pajamas at 2 in the morning. She's got kids. She likes to entertain. Um... She probably isn't super taking chances with her fashion. Um, she, uh, that, I think she's, she's an everyday woman, but she likes style. Mm-hmm. That okay. is my audience. Um, and I feel like I knew, and it really started from working in makeover television. When I started doing makeover TV, and I did this first show on Fox called Design Invasion, and I'd have 12 hours and $6,000 to make over a room I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. And what that did was it got me traveling into real people's homes across America. Yeah. And I got to see how people really live. And I got to see what were their priorities and what did they care about. And I also just knew, because I got into design as a second career, that Architectural Digest was probably not going to be my jam. It was probably going to be more A House Beautiful, A Better Homes and Gardens. That was my audience. Mm -hmm. And I think also in licensing, that was a real focus for me because I wanted my Um, products not to just be available to the trade. It was really important that a consumer could buy them because of my ability to actually touch the consumer through media or TV or YouTube or whatever it is. 
Um, what a crazy thing to not be able to sell directly to those people when I can talk to those people. Right. So when it came time to partner, you know, with a Christorama or <clears throat> Cass or any of the partners, it was really important to know what the price points of things were going to be, you know, and and not try to be everything to everybody and sure. give great style, but also really good value. And I love the fact that that my customer can shop and buy a chandelier or a rug in her pajamas at two in the morning online. Sure. I love that. And and I think a lot of times people get into licensing for the wrong reasons. I think they do it as a vanity thing. I think they want to get their name out there. And for me, I tell everybody, I'm super upfront. I'm doing this for the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is a big part of my business. And I know I'm an interior designer and that's my main job. And licensing is my side hustle. Mm-hmm. But um, but it can be a lucrative side hustle. Yeah, especially when you start to build and build and, and you have a whole story. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice that the partners are aligned and I feel like when people walk into the Fairfield showroom in October and they see everything, they're gonna say it all goes together and there's not one thing that is totally off the charts expensive or doesn't work with all right, of this. Right. So And as far as your licensing part of your business, you drive that. Right? Yeah. You are driving that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't have a licensing agent or anything like that. And I actually find that the partners prefer that. Just to go direct. They just want to go direct. Mm -hmm. But they're shocked. They're shocked that, you know, I'm emailing them or calling them this morning at 6 a.m. Or saying this chair looks good or can we we lower the back? Can you make the seat wider? You know, I think they're surprised that I'm rolling up my sleeves and doing as much with it all as I am. But it's got my fingerprints all over it. It has to. So when it comes time for me to sell it, I love a good, I love a good sales meeting in a showroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it, and it cracks me up because every now and then the partners, usually when I start out with them, they'll say, "Do you want to get up and say a little something right. at the sales meeting? Say a little something." I'm taking them through the whole collection. Yeah, I'm telling them why I did this, why I did that, and the magic for me is to just keep going through the showroom, popping in and out during market, and then you hear the sales rep saying, well, she did this because of the high headboard and the Euros, you know, oh, gosh, it's awesome. With all that information, <clears throat> it's, and the story, like, that's so important. It's, yeah. it's interesting what you said, you know, would you mind saying something? I, I feel like there's, some people think interior designers, and because probably some of them are, don't want to associate. It's like, right. here's what we're doing. But I, I agree, I mean, I, like I welcome the chance to inform what is in my head yes. why it all came to be I think my whole brand has been built on sharing information mm-hmm. whether it was starting out in makeover TV I'm not just standing there doing a makeover I'm giving tips as I'm going I wrote a book you know I, I, all the stuff I do on YouTube everything is sharing information and I think there are some designers that don't <clears throat> There are some that don't want to share. And to those people, I say, there's this thing called the World Wide Web where people can get any nugget of information they want. So for me, I give it up, you know, and it it translates also to sales. And so sharing information about why I did 
what I did in the design of something, give those people those nuggets. Sure, sure. Know? I can't wait um, to, to see how it, well, I can't wait to see it in October. Um, the showroom looked fantastic. I, just that Didn't they had this it? new showroom. Oh, yeah. I'm very fond of Dixon. Um, so I'm very He's excited great. for October <clears throat> to see how it goes. And then I'm excited to see, you know, because then I'm sure you'll go on the road yes. to retailers. And I'm always like, tell me if you're in my neighborhood. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> because gosh. Because I would just love to support you and see you in Thank your element. You. It gives me pleasure to, to see that. Thank you. Know? you. Well, you're a huge supporter. And I also just hope you know how much designers love what you've brought to the trade industry. You've brought the feel, the style, and the aesthetic of a fabulous shelter magazine to our trade. And I hope you wallow in that. <laughs> you you need to wallow in all that goodness, you know, and Thank you've you. done it in no time flat, I'll tell you. Thank you. You have. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I, I feel incredibly um, grateful to have the opportunity to have a platform such as yeah. a magazine, now a podcast, you know, other things will come, yes. um, events, conferences, thing, to, to bring people together and to talk about things and and that people trust me with their stories. I mean, it's a very, I get a little hot in the night right. sometimes <laughs> when we're going to print because I'm just like, wow, I hope they like this, you oh, know, my portrayal yeah. and I hope there's not a typo. And, <laughs> but um, I mean, it's fun and fun, but it's, it's. It's also a lot of work. Oh like my gosh. What we do looks, you know, looks fun, but it is hustle. I mean, we're up, you know, come knocking at 7 a.m. to yeah. do this podcast because I want to bring you, to, I want to podcast with you. <laughs> um, I, so I have just a, a, a few more little questions. Yeah. We have to get ready for yes. our day. I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so do you procrastinate ever? Because I don't, you don't seem like, and if you do, what does that I look like? I do. Yeah. When I, I write a lot. I write a lot. I contribute a lot to yes. different publications, um, <clears throat> and and it's interesting. And I think you know. So sometimes I'll procrastinate writing a column or mm -hmm. writing something. And I'm not one of those writers because I think when I wrote my book, I was very um, Disciplined. I just would sit down and just start writing, and I know I need to get this chapter done, and I need to get this started. And sometimes with the columns, um, I think I don't know that I have anything new to share. I think I'm, I think I'm tapped. I don't know, or you know, and that's mostly if I'm writing a, a monthly column well, consistently. You, I know you wrote for Ca you write for House, House Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm a contributing mm -hmm. editor, and then at Casual Living. I do a column um, every other month, so I do procrastinate on that, but you know what's really fun is every now and then, once I just force myself to get in there, I will come up with something so fun, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. So, so yeah, I procrastinate doing that, but I really don't procrastinate much of anything else. I can't. And, and as far as keeping your life Organized both personal and professional. Do you what system do you use for that? Like, how do you keep it all together? Uh, a legal pad. It's terrible. <laughs> I know that is like the on the rule of don't organize your life through a legal pad and list. Mm -hmm. That's how I Paper. do it. Paper. Uh, me too. Paper. I mean, I have tons of legal pads and notebooks uh, and. And there's a big one with a huge list sitting right over there. But do you have I'll like a like a Fairfield legal pad and a 
Paragon? No, all one, all together. All together. So clients and licensing and media to do's everything together uh-huh. um, well that helps when you travel you only have to bring that one lead yes ad. yes I think also if I did one for each thing I would just be so overwhelmed <laughs> see I think I'm more than one I'm, I'm just thinking this breakthrough legal bad organization <laughs> structure <laughs> we're we're paving the way we're pioneers <laughs> you can have yellow or white exactly. I mean it's really big choice that's so funny it's so nice to hear you're a paper person me too oh uh, yeah um, and then just I'm curious two things and these are kind of random questions but um, growing up Libby is your given name no no okay. Elizabeth Elizabeth yeah Elizabeth is um, is my given name and a family friend their daughter couldn't say Elizabeth so that was how Libby started and Langdon is actually a stage name I've had since 1989 when I started acting mm-hmm. and um, my maiden name is Ludke and uh, L-U-E-D-T-K-E and um, at the time my agent said nobody can spell it they can't read it they can't say it so we need to get you a new last name and so they went through all the names in Screen Actors Guild and I said well I like the LL I like Libby Ludkey I need to be Libby something Mm -hmm. and so my agent gave me a list of 12 names and I was like Langdon Oh, Libby Langdon. That sounds really good. Okay, I'm going to be Libby Langdon. And so I, um, after I, uh, I legally changed my name to Libby Langdon because I just had it. But I am Libby Langdon. It is my name, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just is. But it's funny because sometimes people will call my mom when they see her around at market. Oh, hey, Mrs. Langdon, and she just doesn't say anything. Right. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that because your mom comes to so many events that yeah. we that we all go to. And, yeah. Um, like, how did she come from Ludicky to, yeah. to London? But, <laughs> and your mom was an interior designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now she's a photographer. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of all-around creative type and just an amazing inspiration for me, yeah. you know, of just positivity, creative, you know, creative force, and uh, and just kind of a... Uh, a can-do person and I have a little note on my um, uh, on my desk a little posted and it was something I heard on like a Chevy commercial or a pickup truck commercial or <laughs> oh, something yeah. and it was I'm a can-do spirit in a get-it-done body Ooh. yeah and I loved that and I was like oh yeah but no my mom is an amazing she's just an amazing person yeah well yeah. when I become a high pointer yes you know, I'm gonna I'm going to go and I'm going to have coffee with your mom. You better. And then when you come to town, we all will chill and hang out. Yes. Yes. When are you going to be a high pointer? Late August. Okay. Summer. It's like in between getting a kid into college. Okay. Closing magazines. Right. Conferences. Um, I'll move. Okay. Yeah. So. so October will be a different market for you. It will be. I mean, I have lived in my right. house for two markets, but okay. it will be totally different because as I say, well, I won't be a visitor anymore. 
I'll know what's in my refrigerator. Yeah. So, because I'll have shop for it. <laughs> that way I could say to people that are like working their butts off at market, which includes me too. But yes, I even, you. I know what's in the fridge. I could put something together. I could say, just come over for like an amazing salad and a glass of wine. Right. You know, leave your showroom for a minute. Yeah. And I think being on the edge of town is so great, you know, five minutes away. Oh, yeah. So I am excited for that different kind of market where I'm actually living there. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that'll be great. Um, and here's the last random question. Okay. Okay, just because I, I love to know these things. Yeah. Like, what's your favorite food? Oh, gosh. What is my favorite food? Oh, I think... Oh, that's tough. Or what favorite restaurant? What kind of restaurant? If it's you? I think my favorite restaurant... I mean, and I hate it because... Not that I hate it. I've designed some Italian restaurants for this group. And so we've done five different restaurants. And they're Italian restaurants. Mm-hmm. And the chef is from Puglia. And it's one thing to design a restaurant and the food is like, wah, wah. This is the best Italian food I've ever eaten. So two of the owners are from Capri and one is from Puglia. And the food is just like nothing else I've ever tasted. It's amazing. And one, so it's, one is a more traditional Italian design in New York called La Masseria. And then one is more modern, and it's Masseria Divini, and that's in the city. And then we have one in Rhode Island and Florida. Um, but that's definitely my favorite food. My, I mean, in my fantasy life, I'd like to eat fettuccine Alfredo all day, oh, which gosh. is, like, ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. I just don't eat fettuccine Alfredo. But I think as a kid growing up and having, like, a steak and fettuccine Alfredo, I was like, yes! Oh, yeah. This is the best! So, yeah, that... I know that sounds weird. It's totally <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah, I was, I don't know. I was like, will she say sushi or, you know, or, um, yeah. No, I want to eat something that's bad for me. Bad and fatty for me. and mm. cheese and butter and carb. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, so good. And then you need a nap. And then I need a nap. And then let's take a nap. Oh. Uh, well, I don't know if we'll... Our next stop is breakfast. So I know. I'm gonna look at what you. I'm gonna look at I, your plate. You can look at my plate. I know. I tell people I eat like a bird, a vulture. <laughs> I love food. I love eating. I love cooking. That's a big part of my life, and and what my husband and I really enjoy and entertaining. I and you cook in I the city that. too. Yeah, yeah. We cook in the city, um, and you know, three meals a day in Sag Harbor for sure, and. You know, I set the table for lunch. That's just my thing. I do, I enjoy that. I think that's an important part of life. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you usually shop in the city and then take it out to Sag Harbor? Or are there good? No, there are really good stores out there. Um, but I love me a Costco. Woo! Mm. I love Costco. Um, yeah, but Sag Harbor is that, I just have, I tell you, we get to our house and I walk up the stairs and it's just... It is a Pavlovian response. I literally let out a deep sigh every time I get there. That place just soothes my soul. And even though I work while I'm out there, it's just its a different kind of work. Mm-hmm. It's so restorative to just be there. And, and it's open. I mean, it's uh, so different than living in the city. So different. So, so different. And we're at the end of a dead-end road, and we have deer and wild turkeys and hawks and it's just I love gardening I love cooking I just I just love all those things they just feed me right so So. it's like your super happy place oh 
if you think I'm happy (laughs) away from it, like, forget about it. I'm super happy there. It is my super happy place. (laughs) Libby, thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun. You are just a light in our industry, and I thank you so much. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Takes one light to know another, doesn't it? All right. I got you. Thanks. (laughs) It's been four months since I spoke with Libby in Palm Springs, and now we're less than a month away from High Point Market. At High Point, Libby is launching her first furniture collection, 40-plus pieces with Fairfield Chair. She's also launching Art with Paragon and the new Upton collection of rugs with Cass. Oh, and she's also doing the living room at the Aspire Magazine Showhouse. Let's start part two of my interview with Libby Langdon. Hi, Libby. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. It has been four months since we spoke in our robes in Palm Springs, and... um, has it gone by fast for you? Unbelievable. <laughs> I feel like we were just there. Yeah, me too. I know. I had to count on my fingers. When was that? You know, but um, so how's it going? Uh, we've got less than a month to market, and you've got a lot going on. So I've I, got a lot going on. Yes. You it say yes been- <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It has reached a fever pitch at this point, in a good way, in a good way. But it's just a lot of moving parts. And, um, you know, the challenge has been working to put together the showroom at Fairfield, incorporating all my furniture and my rugs and my lighting and new fabrics that I found at Showtime and um, artwork. And it's sort of just like landing four helicopters on the same pad at once. Yeah. but it's it's exciting, you know, but everybody deals with this going into market product is still in the works. And, you know, I've already had four calls with the factory this morning. And um, so so it's been a challenge, but it's it's going to all come together. It's it's just at this moment where you're really in the 11th hour of things. And and sometimes, you know, pieces you've designed are cost prohibitive and so those get whacked out and you've got to be you've got to be pretty fluid at this point so yes it's exciting but it's it's there's there's a lot happening (laughs) right and and so when you're designing your Fairfield space um is that like doing a interior design project you know what it's it's really harder it's harder than a regular project because with a regular project you usually start with one thing and it could be a fabric it could be a rug it could be a piece of artwork Mm -hmm. but when i designed all these different collections you don't really think of oh i'm going to design this wall decor and it's going to match this rug i'm sort of doing things that i think are going to be fresh and current and and speak to the consumers so it's really challenging to come up with the fabrics that will work and then incorporating all of it together. So it's almost like you have to take a lot of different things and pull them together and make them work. Whereas with a design project, you usually start with one jumping off point mm-hmm. and then you can source things that are going to work with it. But this is taking things that have already been made and putting them together. So I, I have to admit, it kind of made my brain hurt 
for about two weeks when I was trying to figure out how it was all going to work together. But, but then you have that aha moment and, and you start, you know, I can start to visualize the showroom and I'm going to use this paint color. And so it's, it's, it goes from terrifying to thrilling. Um, but the, the terrifying is, uh, lasts a little bit longer than you'd like. <laughs> now, when I, when I go to your portfolio and your website, one of the reoccurring themes I, that I see is color blue. Like that yes. seems to be a big color for you. And also in your designs and your presentations in Paragon, I just got a Dropbox filled with your new Paragon art. So will there be, will you be making a a big blue statement at Fairfield? Yeah, I will be making a blue statement. And I think what's interesting for me is blue seems to be a color. You know, all my product is inspired by my clients and, and what people are wanting or, or I can't find. And so what I find with the color blue is it's a color that men and women can agree on. And these days, I think a lot of designers are experiencing what I'm experiencing in that husbands are much more involved in home decor choices than ever before. They really care. They want to be involved. So blue seems to be that sort of leveler color that allows both the female and the male to get the look that they want. So blue for me is a is a big big color and i also think um i do a lot of coastal projects and so blue seems to be obviously an anchor uh you know in in anything that any home that's by the water for sure sure uh, well i want to commend you on the beautiful hand rendered catalog that you sent out from fairfield I oh, love the idea you. of all those renderings. Now, was that, I mean, I'm, I love renderings, re regardless of whether a piece of furniture is ready to be photographed or not. But did you render them because the furniture was still being made or because that was just an aesthetic choice? It's because the furniture was still being made. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. And the idea came from um, Rochelle. She's an amazing marketer, uh, marketing person at Fairfield. And I love renderings too. And I think what it did too was it, it gave a feel of something that was going to be artistic and different and, and just kind of elegant. And one of the things I'm so thrilled about with the collection from Fairfield is I kind of feel like it's Libby Furniture Design 2.0. I feel like I'm kind of, you know, being able to go to the next level. And what I loved about the renderings um, was just the elegance of it. And yes. I, I just felt like it really just told a pretty story. And I think, you know, as designers, at the end of the day, we just want to make things pretty, you know? And so that was, it was amazing. And Jane Gianarelli, she is an incredible illustrator and she's the one who did all the rendering. So um, yay, Jane. Yay, Great Jane. job. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you um, who was the, who was the artist. So yeah. Oh, you, you must get me her name because, you know, yes. uh, send me an email. That'd be great. Yes, for okay. sure. And then I also, so the, I love the catalog, and um, and then I got the Paragon Dropbox yesterday, so I got to sift through that, and I was curious, because there's a lot of architectural uh, drawings and photographs in that. Are those photos of places that you've been? 
some of them are, and then some of them are just things that other photographers shot that we're able to use. So, um, and then some of the photography, they're pictures that I've taken over the years and knew at some point I wanted to turn, you know, some things into, into artwork. And um, part of the fun of doing that collection for Paragon was I have a lot of clients that um, I don't want to say they don't have good taste in art. They just kind of want wall decor, you know, yes. they might, they just might not care about it a lot. And so I think what's important for me is to bring them things that just feel accessible and sort of user-friendly is probably the best way to say it. So, and there are some clients that have artwork that they love, they're very passionate about it, or they might have specific pieces that they know they're going to buy. But, you know, for me, a room is not finished if the walls are bare. It just... You can have the best furniture, the best rugs, the best lighting, but if there's nothing on the walls, oh man, it's a sad room. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there's no balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me working with, um, subjects and things that I felt would, uh, just be really wonderful. And, and if somebody wants to make a statement, they can, but if they also just want something really beautiful up on their walls it's it's there so so when um, you when you say some of those um images were photographs that you took can you tell me which ones because i'm gonna go yeah. back and look <laughs> <laughs> the um the pelicans and the feathers the feathers mm -hmm. yes yeah those are mine and then the um the ocean the splish splash they're they're quite large um photographs and this was what was so fun and just amazing going to Paragon was I kind of would have an idea of how I wanted something. So I had these wave photographs that I had taken in, in Bridgehampton when, after a big storm and, uh, and I was like, Oh, I want to print them on vellum and then sort of pack the vellum to like a linen backing and it would be a shadow box. And this was my big idea. And so we got down to um, Alberville where they have their Paragon factory and they printed them on vellum, but then it ran. It, it like, it created these little droplets and all the ink kind of ran and it got a little blurry. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's even cooler. Happy accident, <laughs> right? A happy accident. Yeah. And so it kind of took what, could have originally started out as something where people would say, oh, yeah, it's really coastal. I don't need anything too beachy to just something almost kind of abstract and modern and kind of almost like, a, you know, it played with your eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. And so I think you have to be open to sometimes things that you think you know you want can turn out to be something even more special and, and magical. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about having art up on the wall, I grew up with an artist mom. And so oh, wow. we had, you know, we didn't have one blank wall. And no. I kind of live like that now. Um, although I do like one, you know, 
amazing piece on a wall, but I grew up with kind of salon wall style. I love living. it. I love it. Yeah. Are Do you paint? I do when I have time, which I, I don't have a lot of, but I, right. I don't paint from my mind. Like I'm not a, I don't consider myself an artist in that sense, but I like to go through vintage catalogs or and find some clothing or some faces. And I, I kind of just interpret that. Or I will take a feather or a stone and I'll paint feathers and antlers oh, wow. and, and yeah, yeah. I, I've, I, I send some of my paintings to a retailer in Seattle and um, oh, he yeah? sold a few, mm -hmm. but I haven't painted in, oh gosh, months. You don't, you don't have the time. <laughs> no, but I'd like to start. I mean, now that I've moved to High Point, I do have mm -hmm. visions of having sort of creative parties. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah. So as soon as I get a dining room table and a place where people <laughs> can gather, I'm going to figure it out. Oh, I love it. And you're going to invite gonna, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a good time. Yay. Um, okay. So market for you is a lot of product introductions. But then, oh, my, here comes the show house, the Aspire magazine oh. show house. So how was that coming? What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? What was I thinking? Oh, I think I, probably what I was thinking is I'm from High Point. Um, Mary Powell, who's the woman from the Junior League in charge of the of the show house. We we went to like, you know, grade school together. So I was like, oh, it's High Point. It's down the street from where I grew up. I should do the show house. Oh boy. You know what? It, it's, it was a train wreck when I saw it, you know, the first time in April, it was just a mess. There had been a fire. It was just, it was in really bad shape. And, but then I went back uh, in June, it was still in bad shape. Then I went back in August and there were walls, which mm -hmm. was great. There was a roof, no front door, but there were walls and a roof. So that was progress. But they're doing great. They're, they've painted my room. And so I'm going to go down and install the Fairfield showroom on the end of September, first week of October. And then that same week, I'm going to install the show house. So it's it's a lot, I have to admit. And I think the trick with the show house is you feel the pressure of needing to bring the wow. Mm -hmm. You have got to bring the wow. If you don't bring the wow, um, it's hard because everybody else is bringing the wow and, and you you know, it's, it's hard and it's not a competition between the designers. It's more that you don't want to let the people down who've paid money to come and be wowed by design. So, sure. um, so in that respect, you, you need things that are going to really, um, you know, be fun to see and, and unexpected. So, so can you, can you tease us with one of your wow factors? Yes. <laughs> I painted the ceiling, um, a high gloss rose color. Mm. That's yes. a, very nice. And yes. you have a living room, correct? Yes, I have the living room. Exactly. Um, which is really so much fun. And uh, it's, it's for a great cause. And it's a great chance also for me to have 
my furniture and, you know, wall decor and lighting and rugs in a real room, you know, in a real house, not just a showroom kind of vignette where everybody's sort of passing through. So it's important to add really special touches. So so it does feel like somebody's really walking through uh, a room they would be able to live in. So yeah, I'm um, excited to to see what they're what they're creating. I think I'm going to ride my bicycle by this weekend. Yes, you have to. You Check have to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really going to be fun. But such a great group of designers. And uh, so so once it's all done, I'll say, Yay! I'm so glad I did this. <laughs> You know, Libby, if if I wasn't closing our October issue the week that you're going to be here installing, I would have so totally volunteered to help you because that would have been so much fun. I mean, I'm quite strong. I'm tall, so I can reach places. And I, I can, I'm pretty good at anticipating what people need. I would have loved to help you mm-hmm. if, it, if it extends beyond um, oh. my close date, beyond October 4th, then count me in. All right. I, I'm between you and me. I'm hoping it doesn't extend beyond October 4th, but that is a great um, offer. And I might take you up on that another time. Okay. No, I would love to. I mean, to me, that's like a lot of fun and I get to know you in a different way and, and experience what it's like to, you know, a fraction of what it's like to do a show house. So um, it's just kind of fun. I like experiencing things. It really is. (laughs) So, so, okay, totally, you know, overbooked, solid at market. Will you have time to even go like meet Diane Keaton? Because she'll be at market. I will not. I will not. (laughs) Two actresses, you know, hanging out. I know. know. Back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day, which actually, so I went, um, I Googled you last night just to get my head in gear for part two of our interview. And I went to your IMDB page. Yeah. And first of all, I love the picture of you that is up there. Oh, God. I love it. Oh, yeah, Internet Movie Database. It's in. It's a thing of its own, and it's sort of a black hole of sorts. That once you're on IMDb, mm-hmm. you can never remove yourself. You can never take your page down. That will be up forever. And I think it also might say that I'm like 67 years old or something. It's really weird. Oh, that I didn't. <laughs> That I didn't, couldn't find out, or I didn't even look for. But let me tell you what I did look for, and and it kind of surprised me. So I have seen the movie Shallow Hal so many times. Mm -hmm. It's one of my daughter's favorite movies. You were in that movie. Yeah, I was in that movie. Okay, so what scene? I was in the bar scene. In that movie, I was in the bar scene um, with Jack Black. Um, Like when they're uh, dancing at the disco, that one? It, um, no, not when they're dancing at the disco. They're just at a bar. It's kind of in the beginning, and he's still sort of seeing everybody, uh, normally. Okay. So, yeah. So that, uh, oh gosh, I know. Movies, TV, those are the things that never go away. <laughs> they, they don't, but I'm like, next time I watch that Shallow How, because that's the kind of movie that I've seen so many times, and I like, they're my favorite parts, you know, so I can right. kind of do what I want to do. And then, but you know, I'm going to be like peeled to the screen when at the oh. beginning now, because I'm going to find you. Um, yeah. So my other, so you have um, per IMDb, 
You have been in movies with Al Pacino, Alec Baldwin, Woody Harrelson, and Ed Burns. And that last person, Ed Burns, like, I'm... I have a small Ed Burns crush. Um, <laughs> yes. You were with He's some great. fabulous leading men. Yeah, yeah, I have been. It was, it's interesting because, you know, that was how, that was another whole career that I had um, before I got into design. And I worked in uh, movies and television and I did voiceovers and commercials and um, it was great. It's It was really hard, though, because I think you get a, there's a lot of rejection. Yep. So you have to get some pretty tough skin. And I think what was fascinating about it is you're working so hard all the time to be somebody else. Mm. And that's your job. You've got to work hard to be someone else. And I don't think it was until I started in makeover television where I just got to be myself. And I thought, this is 200 times more fun. I like me. I just want to be me. I don't want to try to be somebody else. And it was work for me. I know there are a lot of actors out there where it's super easy. It just comes very easily to them. But it it was work for me. And so once I got into makeover TV, um, that was really how I started in interior design. Uh, you know, I I decided I wasn't going to do uh, movies and television anymore. And so I kind of went to my agent and I said, you know, there are all these like, I don't know, these fun shows where people are making, you know, cooking shows and maybe I could host some kind of cooking show. And they were like, nope. You got to either have a restaurant or a cookbook. And I was like, drats, I don't have either one. But they said, if you want to audition for a makeover show, you'd be great as a host of a makeover show. So I auditioned for Trading Spaces and um, I didn't get it. But the production company called me back three months later. They were doing a show on Fox and they said you would need to be the host and the interior designer. So that that was how I started. And the premise of the show was I'd have 12 hours and $6,000 to make over a room I'd never seen in person before. So that was how I that learned was that, about interior design. And that's how you learned about interior design, because before yeah. that, you didn't do I it. I was an actress. You were an no. actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so it really, it was a crash course. It was guerrilla interior design at its best. Sure. Um, but I do think all the, all the experience that I had when I was working in movies, because I worked as an actress, but I also produced movies. And I feel like that really got me ready to be where I am right now, whether it's on camera or uh, the media aspect of my business or um, also just being a producer and rolling up your sleeves and and making stuff happen. Um, All of that was a great training ground to get me ready to be right where I am, which which I think is where I'm supposed to be. Right. I mean, just hearing you say... um that when you started doing the makeover TV, it was, you know, it was, you were being yourself. And so I, f- I feel like, because we've had discussions and kind of touched on this in part one, just how you love what you do. And that becomes, I mean, I'm sure that's when it all started 15 years ago, because Design Invasion, wasn't it started around yes. 2004? Yeah. Um, so 
you um, have just kept, I guess, nurturing that part of you and growing that. And it's congratulations, Libby. I mean, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> you know, it's fun. I think, uh, you know, for a lot of people, um, interior design does become a second career. I knew there are a lot of designers that had other lives, other marriages, other yeah. things, you know, before they, they got into design. And, uh, I think I think what's exciting about it is that people are so aware of design these days that that there's room for everybody in in the design world. And I think it's just a matter of also making the process fun. I've got to tell you, I've heard some just terrible stories of clients working with designers. And I just think, oh, it just sounds horrible. So from the client um, side or the designer side? The designer side. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the client having worked with designers that have just been horrible and bossy, and you have to do this, and and that just it gives it gives us good guys a bad name, you know. Right. Um, but yeah. So for me, I just feel like once I got into this whole arena, it just was like, oh, this is what I was put on the planet to do. So. Um, I feel like I'm kind of part cheerleader, part designer, part bubbly life coach. <laughs> a lot of what you said today resonates pretty deeply with, I think, a lot of uh, designers who have chosen it as their second career, even their first careers, and but just found self-expression in this field, and it changed their lives exponentially. And you and I are going to be talking at CAS on Sunday at Market from 4 to, I think, 4 to 5 we've got an hour yeah. and then some post-discussion um, cocktails and things like that. So I'm really excited to get kind of deep with you about some of these, yeah. you know, thoughts and feelings around design. And Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. And I think you know me, I, I put it all out there. You like do. I'm not holding anything back. And I feel like, A, there's enough support in the design community where, where we share the things that are difficult or we share the things that we've struggled through and, and, and we're better for it. And then, you know, B, just being able to learn from it and, and have other people get information and, and maybe help them on their path. And so I, I always give it all up. I, I think, why not? You yeah, know, you're very if, generous. If I can share something that can help somebody else, yay. <laughs> and I, f I feel the same way. So I'm really excited to do that with you. And um, I'm going to try and see you at some point the week that you were here. And I wish you all the best leading up to market. Oh, thank you. And I cannot wait to see you in in October. And, and I really look forward to the event at CAS. That's going to be so much fun and, and hopefully enlightening and entertaining. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. We'll give it, we'll give them everything. We'll yes, give them everything. Yes. All right, my Absolutely. dear, have a Thank great you, day. Jane. All right, you too. All right. Bye, Libby. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to SED. Be sure to visit designerstoday.com for more style, substance, and soul, and also to subscribe to our magazine. Till next time, I'm Jane Dagney, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today.